Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the most must-listen-to podcast about Downriver Theater, Downriver. I'm your host, Ben Apostle, and this is The Curtain Call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is insert date in 2021 here at some point after the original Spencer Sebastian episode. This is what you've been waiting for. This is part two. You've been waiting, and here we are to deliver. When we left off, I asked Sebastian if they would produce an original topic. Welcome back, Sebastian. Welcome, Welcome back, back Spencer. I know Thank you've you been waiting. for coming back <laughs> again, Sebastian. We're going to jump right in. No formalities here. Formalities. I've got a topic for you, y'all. Um, it took you two weeks. I'm sorry. No, it took me forever. <laughs> insert date there. Hit him with it. <laughs> but So long story short, my um, topic that I wanted to speak about was... Um, audience participation or audience um, opinion about the shows that they're going to see at their different community theaters. Um, for example, uh, I'm being, uh, I'm a board member over at the Players Guild. We recently last year just did a show called It Should Have Been You. Uh, for those of you, spoiler alert, who don't know about the show, long story short, it's about this beautiful Jewish wedding where the two people who are getting married are actually in love with their um, bridesmaid and their their significant others yes. there. I know, right? You find <laughs> that out. Um, but long story short, to get into that topic, um, when we did that show at the Players Guild, I was, Albert, had the time of my life with that show, but so many people wrote in specifically saying, how dare you do a show about gay marriage? And I was thoroughly offended that you did these kinds of things and brought about those kinds of themes. And it really just tickled my mind of... Where where are we going with this? Why did you come and see the show? Did you do research about the show? Or did you just pay a ticket to come and see the show and you thought it was going to be? So let's discuss. <laughs> let's discuss. Um, well, I'm really interested. So tell me more about people writing it. Like that's, that just seems so crazy to me. Like what, what were the comments? Like what was their response? So a lot of the comments were specifically targeting the whole gay characters. So whether it be um, the idea of gay marriage or um, because it was sprung on them in the second act, um, a lot of people left during after the first act because at the end of the first act, there's this big reveal of you see them, um, the two gay characters kissing their other gay characters. And there's a drop of a champagne glass and I made a very beautiful expressive um, <laughs> But it's just interesting because I saw people then getting up. And for another example of like Spring Awakening, different shows that are tackling these different issues that people, when I've been in these shows or been and seen these shows, people are getting up, you know, and I've never personally understood it. But obviously there's something within those people that that doesn't vibe with them and they don't they're not interested in that content. Well, and this sort of. As, as you're talking about this, this has kind of been like getting my gears going. So I, I think to myself, okay, there is a responsibility that we as a community theater have to provide a show that is going to create money because unfortunately we live in a capitalist world and I could go off about capitalism forever. But I, so I, I hear that plight 
But let me ask you this. So I assume that at the guild, right, it's it's very much a sense of this is my family. If you're a part of something here, you you mean something and you're worth something and we value you. I've I I've really like the safe space that we've created there because that's that's my big thing. Is yes. Just Sa- to clarify, I know what you're talking about, but just so you're aware, you never actually said the word Dearborn. This is the Players Guild of Dearborn. Uh-huh. That we're talking about just for the audience's sake. Not bad. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yes, audience. Um, and I th- I think about that with you know because I've done theater elsewhere, but primarily like Dag is my home theater, and I I think about how that's really important to us, and. I would like to think that anyone who is a part of this very much loves me as a person. They love me as a queer person. They love everyone here who is a queer person. But to what extent do you say that you love me and then have your actions show that by purposefully avoiding doing a show that might challenge an audience member's way of thinking? Because what that tells me is you're saying that you love me, but your actions don't show that because to you, the financial gain is more important. And, and I believe you. I believe that there is, I, I, I mean, it's, it would be ignorant of me to not address that like money is important, right? right? And, and we, can still put on, we can still put on our version of the music man or the sound <laughs> right? of music or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. And we can do that at a later date, but don't, don't say that you love me and you want me to be in this show and you want me to play this straight character right. and you still value me as a person, but then not give me the opportunity to be my authentic self in another, in another respect. Of course. Because I, that's privilege. Exactly. <laughs> that's privilege, baby girl. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, to be blunt, we're kind of looking at a situation where you have to ask yourself as a community theater, as a board member, as... A, even as a casting director, as a director, you might lose audience members if you do this show, but if you do, are those the audience members that you wanted anyway? You know what I mean? This isn't a corporation. It is about money, yes, right. but this isn't, you know, you're not, there. nobody has stocks here. You know what I mean? Right. At the end of the day, if that season ticket holder of 80 plus years old or however old they are doesn't come back, but you are a place that's more welcoming and more understanding to a whole new group of people, is that a sacrifice that Theater X is willing to make? And that's the interesting thing, is where is that line? Where are we willing, what kind of action are we willing to take to show our stance of how we feel? Um, Another random example, there was a specific um, person that we had at the theater that I'm working at, and they had said some very hurtful things on Facebook of all places, <laughs> but it's like they glossed over that because it was, oh, well, we've known them for years and they're this good person and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but if they're saying these things, that does not show me that they're a good person. That shows me that they're X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? And that's, I think, what hurts the most is the actions that are taken after someone may either do a transgression or yes. whatever that may be. It's, it's, are you doing enough to really fight for me or are you soothsaying all of the different season ticket holders or whatever it may be so that we can still make money at the end of the right. day? Right. And let's talk about representation. Sure. You know, okay. I, I will represent you. I will do the Sound of Music this season. Right. But you know what? I'm also going to do Spring Awakening or right. or whatever that story is. Like, we're going to do Angels in America. Asian shows are there. Pacific Overtures, Miss Saigon. 
and, and right. <laughs> So especially as an Asian person, I feel I've always been whitewashed because of things of that nature. So it's very interesting to hear that. And then how will we speak about it with um, sexuality and gender, too? You know, so many layers. to. I mean, ooh, let's talk intersectionality. Oh. <laughs> OK, everyone. Go on. Let's I know. I'm sorry. So let's I actually I think it is kind of important to bring it up. Intersectionality. Yeah. I, I realized recently someone in theater was reading over my resume and they were like, is, is that a typo or is that a real word? And I was like, Oh no, it's a real word. Let's talk about it. And yeah. it occurred to me, like there aren't many people who know about intersectionality, but basically when we think about intersectionality, it's the way that our, our different lifestyles kind of come and meet one another. So, you know, even though, even though Sebastian and I might both be identifying of the LGBTQ plus community, we still have so many different layers of us through being a non-binary person, through being an Asian person, through being a white person, through being a woman that make our experiences very unique and different. And we can't just look at um, look at this through a lens of one of those because we have to understand how each of those make us up as people and see our different experiences. And I think that, you know, when we think about our audience members, I... I hear you. We live in Wyandotte. Well, uh, uh, right now, we're sitting in Wyandotte. <laughs> right now, or Dearborn. Right. You know, I'm sitting in Wyandotte. It is a primarily Polish white community. That being said, I, like, I, I work with the students of Wyandotte. Y'all a bunch of gays. I know you. <laughs> and, 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 and we are becoming, in my opinion, a more diverse community. I'm seeing more representation. I remember, I remember. The first time I saw a hijab in Wyandotte, oh. and I was like, "What? Oh my God!" I it was it was like jarring to me because I was like, "I don't think I've ever seen a hijab in Wyandotte before." You know, I go down, I go to Dearborn, I right. go to Wayne State, and yeah. I don't think twice about it. But I was like, "Wait a second, representation, like diversity? What yeah. do we mean?" And so, our this society is changing, and and if we continue to stay. It's, if we continue to stay safe, what kind of world is that? What kind of plain whitewashed world is that? What are we doing? We are not, oh, I'm going to go off. We are not doing <laughs> justice to the arts. We are not Preach. doing justice to what, uh, what the performing arts was all built on. It was built on self-expression. And if we just continue to play it safe and we don't continue to build diversity. There's uh, no expression. What's exactly. the point? There's Thank no you. point. Give me my bleep. I deserve it on that one. <laughs> God. I'm getting gassed up. I'm getting hot over here. <laughs> no, you were completely correct. We need to provide more social equity for everyone involved, you know, and making f everyone feel like they have a stake in the game and making everyone feel like their voice is heard. And I think especially with everything going on in the world right now, more and more people are realizing that and it's beautiful you know we're all spiritual beings on this physical experience let's not make it a little easier Absolutely. for everyone a little empathy all these all these theaters today in this day and age love to talk about how they're moving forward and they're addressing the younger audiences but all these theaters need to stop and realize that if new people are looking at your theater and you know if you courting your theater if you will and they know that you will not do a show that tackles issues like the ones in Spring Awakening or like any of these shows. If you won't tackle issues like homosexuality, 
you know, non-binary people, any of that stuff, if you won't do a show like Once on this Island where all of the characters need to be the correct Color. ethnicity <laughs> and you, you, you won't do that show or you will do that show, but you'll cast it all white. People hear you. People see you. These people who are not members of your theater yet, who are prospective members of your theater, hear you, they see you, they notice, and they're not coming. Yeah. Well, and, sh you know, I, th I mean, I think that let's talk about solutions, right? Yes. So it's dangerous, if you will, to put on the color purple, right? Because I live in Wyandotte. I live in a predominantly white society. And we're just not going to get that. We're not going to get enough black people to come and audition. Mm -hmm. But let's look at our past shows. What what have we done that has shown people that you can come audition here because there's a place for you here, right? I, I get, again, I do. I get the fear. I get that it's like, oh my gosh, we don't have people so we can't put on this show. And now that's, that's money gone. That's money lost. We need to do, it, it's going to be difficult at first. We might need to do some extra footwork initially to recruit and reach out. But we haven't set an example that says you can come here because your story is going to be told here. But we do the heavy grunt work first. We provide more representation. We get those people to come. We get those people to fill our seats in the audience. And then eventually it won't be grunt work. It won't be a challenge. It won't be a risk. It will be a safe payoff and it'll be a way for us to share those stories on stage. So understanding that it might be difficult at first, but if we continue to keep bringing those people in, to keep sharing those stories, eventually the payoff will be worth it. One of those new people is another set of shoulders that will eventually lighten that load that you take mm -hmm. initially. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It just brings about diversity. You know, you can never have enough diversity, especially in theater. And uh, I, it's just been so interesting with the pandemic and with everything going on to see the diversity of even just like little holiday cabarets that people have been doing and mm -hmm. to see an actual rainbow of people, you know, so it's there. We just have to put in that work. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I, I'd like to think that we are taking this opportunity to evaluate ourselves moving forward, right? Like, Right now, I, I would like to think that each community theater is taking a deep dive into themselves and looking at how they want to come out of this on the other side. And what I think would be a really beneficial thing to do is to develop committees or boards of whatever that might be of equity and inclusion. Because I, I think what we need are those people to speak up, to share another perspective, and to to help right like let you know what let's let's help let's help the people let's give them the information i'll help you do the grunt work yeah. i am more than willing to do that but i think we need those we need those voices to be heard because you know i i as a white person i don't know i i can see i can hear i can empathize with the plight of black people in this country i will never feel that and so how how can i learn how can I advocate but to have actual black people speak to me and fight for me and tell me what I can do and not have me speak on behalf of them 
you know? It's funny that you say that, like, oh, we should get committees and different things like that together. Because actually at the Guild, we did a Voices for All committee. Really? So it's made up of, like, the head is my friend Kenyatta Davis, fabulous African-American man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I told him I loved him I to love his him face. Too. He's I, like, I literally, oh. Shout out to him. I love you. Yes, but he is <laughs> in charge of that committee, and he's brought a lot of different ideas of how can we bring up the voice of the unheard? You know what I mean? Let's do some one acts. Let's do this. Let's do some new works from writers and directors and like just getting that networking and talking to new people and getting those ideas. And then even now, um, there's some of us who are on that Voices for All committee who are also on the um, casting committee. So we're able there to be there to say, Ooh. what about this? Why don't we try casting it as this? You know, you have to have that one person there to say something or to be there to not be afraid to say something. Because that's to a difficult start that role. Seed. Exactly. Right? It's like, a lot of pressure. Like, how do you speak? Um, excuse me, straight people. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> I just like, I saw this thing. I have this idea. Hear me out. You know? Right? <laughs> but he was, for me, he was that person that went, hey, why don't we do Olga Katrina? Why isn't Sebastian be them? They'd be perfect. And that planted a seed. And so now people can see me differently at theater. You know, it's like, but if he wouldn't have said that, I would have never been able to play that part. And like. It's just interesting, the well, catalyst of it all. And how much of you having that opportunity to show that skill on stage, to show that character on stage that you would not have had otherwise, that mm -hmm. then, like, that that has opened opportunities for you. I think, like, a lot of, uh, with theater, we were so afraid to take that risk. Yeah. And if we take that risk, like, there could be some awesome payout mm -hmm. for the audience, for the director, for the actor, like, I mean, just the whole thing, you yeah. know, that has opened up, I'm sure, like a, just a new perspective for you. It's been fabulous, but it, it's taking that risk. It's, it's going there and putting forth in that effort, you know? Yeah. Why can't, you know, and I, I get that this is probably a scary step for a lot of people, right. you know, to like all of a sudden cast a woman is the beast, oh, whoa, right? Yeah. Like we're putting, we're putting on like beauty and the beast and to cast a woman in, as the beast, that might be horrifying. Paige, or, where are you? <laughs> pa yeah. <laughs> I want to see five foot page play the beast. <laughs> I mean, you guys don't live with her. She's terrifying. Sometimes she feisty. She's small, but she feisty. Um, <laughs> but I, I understand that maybe this isn't something that we can take a step with in every single show. And, and, I get that Beauty and the Beast, it might be really difficult because it's Disney and people have that expectation. I understand. But that being said, there are other shows. Hear me out. A, a non-binary or female Moritz in Spring Awakening. You know, I think that would be really cool. I recently just saw um, Streetcar Named Desire. The Blanche character was played by a trans woman. And oh. so it completely changed how Stan or Stanley, is that his name? Um, I know. I, I'm so bad. Forgive me, every all the theater people out there. Don't hate me. Don't, don't um, come for me. Yeah, but just even that dynamic of changing up one of the characters makes you go, oh, whoa. Oh, okay, that changes that whole character's outlook and who they are as a person. And it changes all the other characters' interactions with them without even saying a word. You know? Yes, yes. I saw a like a production on YouTube where they made in Heather's JD played by a woman. And I was like, okay, okay, I see you. 
Right? I know. That sounds awesome. And and I think that what we, again, it's not going to be every single show. No, maybe we're not going to put on a queer white Christmas. Right. As much as I would love that. That would but, be fabulous. But let's, let's try, I mean, just make an effort in a show. You know, just, we got to, we have to take, I get it. Change doesn't happen overnight. We have to take small baby steps. Exactly. And we'll work to get there. Right. We're here for you. We're here for you. Let us be your equity and diversity voice Oaches. for you. Thank you. Producer Brian here with a recommendation for another podcast you might like. Related to this episode's content is a Spotify original called The Two Princes. It's brought to you by Gimlet Media. And this fictional series is beautifully written and acted and tells the story of two princes that find each other from two different kingdoms and the adventures that they have as they go about finding each other through this. But I don't want to give too much away. So give it a listen and tell us what you think. Uh, again, this is a Spotify original. There are three seasons that are out there, and we really think that you'll love the representation this brings to the LGBTQ community. So listen, let us know what you think, and enjoy the rest of the interview. I know that um, the answer is never cut and dry. The answer is never easy. Sure. Right? There's no, well, here's the combination to the lock that opens the door that fixes this, right? Like, that's just not out there. But I think a lot of people, whether it's the board here, whether it's the board at the Dearborn Players Guild, the board at Southgate Community Players, the board at Insert Theater here, they're going to be going, okay, that's great, that's lovely, how? Right? And I know that we've already talked about how, right? But I think that a lot of people are going to kind of be sitting there looking for something a little more concrete. So do you have any just you can shoot from the hip? Obviously, it's all hypothetical. Let's really make these people visualize it. Let's talk about examples. Um, okay, so I definitely think I, I love that the Players Guild of Dearborn already has a board in place. I think that's a really important. I think that's a really easy way to start. Exactly. Because I, I think that. I think that you probably would have more people that would love to be a part of it than you already think. And mm -hmm. by the you I'm talking to, it's all of the head, the heads up of your community theater. I see right? you. I see you. <laughs> but I think that you probably have more people that would like to share that voice than what you might think. Totally. I think that another solution would probably be to just, and I, I know it, it's not concrete, but like, just critically think just critically think and i know that's like uh screw you spencer like no but be a dramaturg and really look your show inside and out look at every character analyze that and then think how can i make this different how can we make the sound of music the beauty and the beasts how can we make this different and include everyone in these um, future projects, you know? Hear me out? Yes. Okay, Paige and I have talked about, and actually Ashley Blevins, shout out to you, gave this idea. Love her. The pod. F last five years, Jamie as a female, or, I mean, like, do Switching it, with, it up, yeah, yeah. Do two male characters, do two non-binary, non-binary non non characters. Non characters, do two female characters, like, yeah. just, 
change it up like that right? is a great opportunity to do something like that. That's low hanging fruit. Yeah, you know, that's an exactly. easy one. That's one where you pretty much don't really have to change much else about it. Yeah. You can literally just have it be two men, have it be two women, Whoever. have it be two Start not binary small. people. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. I'm not gonna ask you to do, you know, like gay frozen overnight i get that's a bold move of me to ask of you but like let's start small right south pacific no, <laughs> brian owie for elsa right i'm gonna wash that queer right out of my hair <laughs> there's ways you know south pacific would almost be poetic because it was such a you know like a like a uh, a trendsetter for the time. True. You know, they they tackled that uh, that issue of race in a way that they really hadn't on Broadway before. So here we are, South Pacific in 2021, tackling the new issues. <laughs> and every and every season, like let's also let's even go as deep as um, play selection committees, right? Where how can we take active steps to not just pull from the shows that we already know off the top of our head, but actually like dive deep? You know, I even. I would be so kind as to share this list with you. I am in a group at Wayne State called the Proud Players, where they do, you know, readings of shows that have queer representation. And I, I have an entire compiled list of shows that I didn't even know existed that have oh. queer characters. Yeah. You know? And I I think even if we just like challenge like, okay, because all theaters, when they're picking their shows, they know it's going to be their showstopper, right? We know, oh, okay, we're doing Matilda. I right. know that this is going to be the one that brings in the dough. But what does your February slot look like? Huh. What does your slower season look like? Mm-hmm. And and where can we take a risk? Where where strategically is it a safe place for us to take a risk? It's just so sad that it has to be seen as, well, we're talking about queer people. It's taking a oh risk. Oh, my God. Really you're so right. Gotta put you know? it in February. Privilege. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Gotta put right. it in the, sh- the Yeah, slot. when's nobody gonna come? Well, it's gonna be all slushy <laughs> outside. We can stick them in February. That's when we'll talk about the queers. My God, you're so right. That's already setting the bar so low as I'm yeah, even talking about we're it. really pandering. You know, it, 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 it should be probably something that's, it shouldn't be something the theaters look at and go, this is a box I need to check once right. per season. Mm-hmm. Yes. I got to do my show where I, and then they point, right? Like at the end of their season, they go, but back in February, <laughs> we did it. I cast a gay person. We like, did dream girls. <laughs> it's real. I did spring awakening on my stage in my backyard oh. and wrote, you know, the theater's name on it. And we called it black box and now we're good for the year. Right? Like I hit my quota. Like, shouldn't it be? you know, sprinkled in throughout that, you know, shouldn't we have character here, character here, you know, unique and creative casting choice here in this show, unique and creative casting choice here, pushing the envelope here, 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 and here throughout the entire season. You know, we don't need for you to put it all into one show, right? Yeah. And just stick it in the corner and go, look, we did it. See, you happy now? Yeah. Right? Like... Because that's too easy of representation. <laughs> it's like, hey, we did it. We You're did welcome. Check. I'm a saint. Um, <laughs> I'm diversity queen. And <laughs> I think that, like, you know, we what we need to do is be proactive in these decisions. And because I, I really think that the argument often comes back to, well, we don't even have those people. We don't have enough people. But, like, those people exist. They're right. out there. Ooh, Nick and Mashana would tell you they are there. 
just call. They want to come and audition yeah. for your shows, but you don't have the They're kind right of show there. that they would fit into or that they feel comfortable in or represented in or seen in, you know? You just got to find them. They didn't know about your auditions, and if they did, maybe they were a little scared, right? Exactly. If you don't find an African-American person to play your African-American character, don't cast anyone. Go find one. You but know I tell you, I mean? though, if you get those shows that people are interested in or they want to feel represented in, they're going to come in droves. You know, they're going to want to come and audition and then tell all of their friends, hey, there's a person doing this specific show. No one else has done it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I think that when the day comes that the rights for the prom come out, I think you're going to get, yeah, I don't, (laughs) theaters, I don't think you are ready because I'm telling you, the just the flags will come the rainbows they will just literally fill i'm seeing the seats right now already oh my gosh yeah i think that we just and and it it really does it also goes back to that privilege of understanding that there is there is a boundary in safety there is a boundary in representation that if i didn't see this story told I don't know if I'm safe there. I don't know if I'm welcome there. And and I, I think, and again, not to, not to speak for the plight of, of any kind of racial minority, but like, how do, we, how do we only put on white people on stage? How do we only put on straight people on stage? And then they're supposed to accept to feel, expect to feel safe here, safe here, safe here. How are they supposed to expect to feel safe here? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That is an excellent question. That is excellent food for thought. That is a fantastic message to leave the audience with, I believe. Um, Now, I owe each of you some time here to um, plug your Insta, do whatever you want, you know, whatever you've got coming up. I know it's probably not a lot because we're still in a pandemic. (laughs) But, you know, if there is something you want to talk about, you know, Spencer, you've got a lot going on. Sebastian, let them know what it is you're doing. This is your opportunity. Um, go on, Spencer. Yeah, okay. All right, you want to follow me, girl? You follow me. At Spencer is dancing. Not dancing, dancing on, on the gram. But realistically, what do I have going on? Um, working with my dance studio. You know, we're doing our, our virtual thing. I've been really excited to share, especially these last few years. I... <laughs> Y'all parents, you might not know it, but I have a lot of queer students and it's been really cool to share stories through dance of queer relationships, whether our audiences knew it or not. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's been really exciting. Um, As far as like what I would want as as a final thought to leave with is I really want to stress that this conversation doesn't end with Sebastian and myself. This, you know, we are two very we're two very different people but we are two very small people of a larger community and there are people who have very different experiences than us some easier some more difficult but I I just I hope that we can leave you today with some food for thought and something that is a good starting place well you can find me on insta at sebastian zachary z-a-c-k-e-r-y um, but yeah, no, I like I like that idea of a food for final thought. Um, my biggest thing, um, working in Dearborn, I'm very lucky to be in such a diverse an area and a group of just 
awesome people and the opportunity to be able to work downriver and with all these people here too, respect costs you nothing, nothing at all. And it doesn't, it doesn't even take an iota of effort to get respect for someone. So whenever, and I'm speaking from working at a medical dispensary, whenever people don't give me respect, I don't give them the time of day. So don't expect me to treat you a certain way if you're not going to treat me how I want to be treated. That would be my food for thought. Thank you both so much for your time. You were both fantastic. You know, trademark guests here on the podcast. Uh, this was wonderful. I'm sure uh, the ratings are already through the roof for episode one. <laughs> um, and I'm sure this one will be no different. Um, both of you always have a seat here at our table. Um, if you ever want to return, discuss something else, and thank you. And, you know, from, from DAG, thank you. From the community, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Curtain Call. Unbiased, unfiltered, and unscripted. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, one final thing before we go. Um, it's important to articulate that just as Nick and Mashana made it very clear that they do not represent their entire community as a whole, and just like Amanda and Domingo do not represent their two very different communities as a whole, Spencer and Sebastian do not and do not claim to represent their expansive community as a whole. They are merely conduits that DAG is using to try to reach out, to shed light, to give a voice to these groups, and we would love to hear from you. Reach out to The Curtain Call. Reach out to DAG, to Producer Brian, to myself, to The Curtain Call's official pages, wherever you want to go. There is a voice for you here. There is a place for you at DAG, and we would love to share all of your stories. Thank you, and good night. Hey everyone, do you have a comment, question, or episode idea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send it over our way. We'd love to hear what you think. And just a quick reminder that all of the content within the Curtain Call is the exclusive property of the Downriver Actors Guild. So, copying, publishing, broadcasting, or altering of the podcast in any way is prohibited without the express written consent of the Downriver Actors Guild. <laughs> None of you would ever think about doing anything like that, right? See you next time! The views and opinions expressed by the guests on The Curtain Call do not reflect those of The Curtain Call staff or the Downriver Actors Guild.